You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Kind of uh, a fun couple of weeks here, John. We've uh, had a chance to do a bit of traveling over to Europe for some uh, big tech announcements. And uh, now we're over in uh, Budapest, Hungary. My first time here. Me too. It's an amazing city. I love it here. I would come back here. Me too. Uh, we were in uh, Vienna last week. Beautiful city as well. Love it. But I have to say Budapest here is... A little funner. Yeah, I mean, we kind of lucked Livelier. out. You're you're the master of finding good Airbnb Airbnb spots, yeah. and um, we're kind of right in the middle of all the activity. It's a very lively neighborhood. Uh, we found our new favorite pub, just literally attached to the same building that our Airbnb is a part of. Yeah, and it's been great. Yeah, I think we're in the Jewish quarter here, and there's just so many bars and restaurants and clubs and shops and everything. It's it's really quite amazing. Uh, on today's program, uh, we're going to be joined later with. Uh, one of our traveling companions, his name's Ted Kritsonis. He's one of our main Get Connected uh, contributors on the website and also a frequent uh, guest of ours on the radio program. We're going to be talking about music and how it's gotten crappier in quality. You'd think with technology, things would be getting better and better, but in many ways, music quality through listening through our you know earbuds and stuff has actually gotten worse than the old CD days. We'll also be talking about uh, electric vehicles over here in Europe, how they charge their cars a little bit different than uh, what we're doing in North America right now and some of the e-scooters that we've been, been driving and Ted's going to give us a few photo tips uh, for when we can travel again properly well the photo tips can work of even, course even if you're at home of course let's talk about some of the uh, the tech news this week John uh, Facebook and snap the people behind snapchat uh, are both blaming Apple for Missing revenue projections. Gee, I wonder why. Well, Apple actually made huge amounts of changes when it comes to privacy in their operating systems for the phones and iPads and, and what have you, which basically blocked many of Facebook's and Snapchat's advertising tracking. Yeah, this is the, the little pop-up you might have seen if you have an iOS device of any kind saying, you know, the first time you launch Facebook on after the fifth iOS 15 update, you're prompted with like, should you allow this app to track your, your patterns and your personal information? And I think it's safe to say that a majority of the people said, no, no, it's not okay to track my stuff. Um, and that basically creates a giant hole for Facebook and, and literally any app that relies on tracking your personal information to uh, build a profile to serve you ads specifically to your uh, demographic, to your, you know, uh, your interests, that type of thing. So they're just serving, I guess, lower cost, lower quality ads generically to you now, which they can't. Because they don't really know who you are. No. Or are allowed to know who you are. Exactly. They know who you are. There's <laughs> yeah. no mistake there. Yeah. So, so this, this has a pretty big impact. And, um, it's interesting. Facebook is claiming up to $10 billion for the fiscal year of 2021. That's how much they're going to lose. It's an incredible amount of money. Yeah. Because of Apple. Yeah. Apple's, and, Apple's not losing any sleep. No, no. And, and people, I think, are for the most part happy about this option um, because it does protect them more so. Um, sometimes people do like to get personalized ads. I get that. I understand that. But it's what these companies are using, that information from that profile that they've built around you, that is a little scary, a little weird, and they're profiting off of it, and you're getting nothing from it other than getting to use Facebook. Yeah. We are the product. Yes. 
when we use these free services. Yeah. So I know we complain all the time about Facebook and, and some of these other social media apps and our privacy, but we're using them for free. Yeah. We have to remember that. And they have to make money. They're big corporations. And they use our identity for that, essentially. Speaking of Apple, John, this was funny. Apple, I, and I didn't even know this, they have an Apple polishing cloth. It's 25 bucks. Yeah. What, so what are we polishing? Like Your Apple products, I would think. Okay. Um. So twenty. it's a $25 polishing cloth. And what's the funny part? It's sold out. Yeah, everyone wants it. Um, you know, and these are basically just microfiber cloths, but this one has probably the Apple logo on it. Yeah. And it's, um, it's meant to clean any Apple display, including nano texture glass safely and effectively. Um, but you know, you can go to Amazon basics and get one for next to nothing as well. And just quickly, John Tesla, we talk a lot about them. Elon Musk has been touting full self-driving capability. People pay like $10,000 to have this added to the car. Yeah. I mean, it's in there. It's unlocked. Yeah. And the dream is the car will drive by itself. So they're actually testing this now, but they're, they've pulled it, the latest beta, because a lot of the testers are complaining about false crash warnings. I can only imagine what it's like to be in a vehicle like that when you're getting these false warnings. <laughs> You're not going to be sleeping while the car is driving you home if it's if it's alarming the whole time. Yeah. And I just have to tell listeners, we're many years away from self-driving cars. Yeah. The software's not there yet. I don't know if the hardware is. And just the regulatory The infrastructure, aspects. everything yeah, is not the laws. there. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to take a break, but we've got a great program. We'll be talking about how quality, listening quality for music is going down with technology, and also how the Europeans are using electric vehicles and e-scooters. Back after this. You are back with the program. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We're joined today by our traveling uh, friend. His name is Ted Kritsonis. You've heard him many times on the program, and you can read all his great uh, articles up on our website at getconnectedmedia.com. We've had some interesting conversations on our trip so far, guys, and I think one of them uh, I'm always fascinated by is the whole music world and how it's really dramatically changed over the years. You know, we had record players before, then we went to CDs, and then the digital transformation just kind of eradicated all of that. No one uses physical media, really, anymore. Uh, Most people are getting their music uh, digitally, typically through music subscriptions like Spotify and Apple. And uh, word this week is that Spotify, for example, is one of the music leaders out there, is hitting over 400 million active monthly members. Surprise to you, Ted? Not really, because they've been growing exponentially since. Now, that detail, though, 400 million, is that just users or is that paid premium subscribers? That's just overall users, because they do have a free tier on yeah. there, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I forget exactly. I think it's over 170 million, I think, uh, paid. That are paying? Yeah. Okay. Which is pretty good. That is pretty good. It's pretty good. But, you know, as we were talking about it, uh, you know, I just think back to the CD days, like the quality of the music we're listening to now through these streaming services is, has gone down. And you think with digital, you, you'd have better quality, you know, from the video side, we went from VHS to, um, you know, DVD players, then Blu-ray players. So the quality has been creeping upwards, but in the music world, it's been going down. It's the delivery method. 
It's not that the it's not that the capability isn't there. It's the delivery method. Primarily, we're listening to music especially now. We're listening to music wirelessly through Bluetooth. Bluetooth though doesn't have a data pipe, if you will, that's fat enough to handle those higher you know higher fidelity screen streams. So hi-fi streams like these lossless uh, codecs that we're talking you know that we're talking about. Bluetooth is not there. It, it it can't handle them. You need to be either on Wi-Fi or need to be plugged in. And as we know, the headphone jack has disappeared from smartphones and tablets. So what do you do? Well, so when I think back to CDs, uh, the music on there was basically uncompressed. And what happened with the digital worlds, we smushed it down into MP3s. Because what well, we had to, because storage was so limited back then. Yeah. Right? Like, and expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So between... between but that, our- that meant crappier quality. Oh, very crappy quality. But, but do you think most people could tell? I think a bad MP3 and what we listen to now on Spotify, yes, you can tell the difference. Can people tell the difference between like, I don't know, a 320 kilobit file on Spotify and a lossless file on Tidal or even a CD? I don't know. We're having a very subjective conversation because everybody's ears are very different. Yeah. Unlike TVs where most people can agree what looks visually good or not. Yeah. I find sound is very much unlike that. Yeah. Very, very subjective. Very subjective. Yes. Well, and some people have a preference for more treble or more bass, which can dramatically affect how that is played back. I know for me, I like a lot more bass. I know other people that like a lot more treble and less bass. And that is a huge change in how you would actually consume music. Yeah, it also matters what you're wearing when you're listening to the music, right? Because if depending on the earbuds or headphones you're using, um, some may prioritize bass more than others do. Um, the kind of fit that you have, especially with earbuds, that makes a difference on what kind of bass you get as well. So there are more variables, I think, that are play into how sound, how we interpret sound, as opposed to say something more visual like a TV or video. So with the music streaming services like the Spotify's, uh, we're also familiar with, uh, you know, obviously YouTube music, Amazon, Apple's a big player there. Most of the music that most people are listening to is just kind of regular quality. I mean, there, there's some hi-fi ones, like Spotify is gonna be releasing a hi-fi service. Uh, I believe Deezer and Tidal, they have and Apple and Apple. They have high quality, but you can't get that high quality through wireless earbuds, can you? No, I mean it, it, with Apple as an example, if you use AirPods, any of their AirPods, to try and listen to their lossless Kodak, you're, it's not happening. You just can't. Uh, <laughs> so, so we have we have all these super yeah. expensive AirPods and earbuds. You know, some of us are spending hundreds of dollars on these, but we're not getting the full quality. No, because you got to plug in. You have to. Live. So the only way to get the hi-fi or the high-definition version of this music is to be plugged into something. Yeah, simply because of how much data has to funnel through, right? So when you plug in, there's no Bluetooth involved. You yeah. can easily do it, right? So the second that Bluetooth becomes involved, you, you're yeah, down at the you, low You, you low have quality. to accept a lower bit rate. I wonder how many people are paying for a premium service and not actually being able to t- detect it. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Like, cause I thought maybe I'll, you know, subscribe to Deezer or Tidal to get the higher quality music, but I always listen to everything wirelessly through my Bluetooth. But are, well, that's the thing. Are you listening to Bluetooth or are you listening, let's say through a Sonos system at home? Well, I do have a Sonos system at home. That's play, different... play through that yeah. and see if you notice a difference there because, and the same thing goes with the car, right? Like if you're using CarPlay or Android Auto in the car there, you don't run into that data issue. So if you're listening to lossless or hi-fi in there, 
then you will get that you will get that signal. You will get that full quality, but well, at least whatever the phone can handle. Yeah. But it'll in a in a system like that with it, where you don't have that data issue, and you have speakers where you can obviously in a car or in a home like big speakers you can tell some of those nuances perhaps you might notice a difference. But then again, don't be surprised if you don't because a lot of people don't even in those conditions. Yeah, I always thought that the music I was getting from like Apple Music or Spotify was high quality. I mean, it's good, right? I'm not saying it's bad. Did, did you know that you can change the quality? No. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm a tech guy, right? And I love music. I love it. But I never go into the settings. But by default, it's not at the highest level. Like it's not at the highest quality level by default. So if you go into Spotify and you go into the settings, you'll notice that they keep it um, not at the highest tier. But that's to save on data, though, To right? save on data, yeah, when you're streaming especially, which is makes sense, yeah. right? But you can also set it so that it plays at the highest quality when you're I on never, Wi-Fi. I never go into those settings. You should. On Wi-Fi, you can do it. Yeah. Do you, t- do you bump it up, John? I bet you don't. No. <laughs> and John, you, you love music. I do. You're a big music I don't nerd. use Spotify, though. I use Apple Music. Okay. We, we should note, though, that there are attempts to solve this Bluetooth issue. Okay? So Sony has its LDAC codec, and we have Qualcomm with its aptX lossless codec as well. Which no one knows what any of that means. They don't. No. And it also matters whether the device you're playing from yeah. supports those, those codecs. Apple never, never does and yeah. probably never will. Uh, other Android devices might. If they do, and key point here and you have headphones or earbuds that also support those codecs, then you've got the best of both worlds. Explain codecs to the listeners that don't know. Uh, what that the codecs means. are just um, basically uh, just different, different Bluetooth, file formats. Not file formats, but more so like different Bluetooth codecs that determine how much data yeah. can, can funnel through. Um, are they kind of a compression almost? They're all going to be compressed. Yeah. Right? We don't really have a totally lossless Bluetooth codec. We're close, but not fully there. Like like CD, you know, you, you have you have codecs that claim to be CD quality or even better than, uh, but the better than CD, that's where you got to plug in. You yeah. can't get that wirelessly unless it's through Wi-Fi. But no one, who's got that? At home you do. At through home a, I do, but you know, like through a wireless I, I was system, walking right? with my iPhone. Yeah. No. Like Sonos, you can do it. Yeah. You can do it with a Sonos system because that's through Wi-Fi. You can do it through CarPlay, Android Auto. Those are Wi-Fi. In, in your car. In your car. Yeah. Because those are Wi-Fi based, right? They're, you're not connecting through Bluetooth to play audio in those cases. Because Wi-Fi can handle huge amounts, huge amounts of data. Way more. Yeah. Way more. But Bluetooth more. cannot. Bluetooth cannot. So we're paying for crappier music. I think... I think you're paying for what convenience what yeah you're paying for the convenience of having as much music as well I mean think about it you have a massive massive library at your fingertips it, it right? is quite magical when you think about it because you remember back in the day with your Walkman or even your CD Walkman yeah how many songs could you get right I mean dozen maybe you know tapes and CDs took up space right yeah so yeah and now I have access to like at my fingertips 20 million songs Oh, any, any more song, than that. Yeah, more any song that. I could ever dream of is there instantly. And you can create your own playlist in, in seconds or minutes, right? Yeah. Like, it's just that simple. So the convenience is there, but the quality side of it, depending on who you ask, isn't, which is so, why but, these companies are addressing that. We're getting there, aren't we, with Bluetooth? Like, 
future versions? I don't know. I mean, Bluetooth's been around quite some time. Yeah. Yes, it is getting better. Yes, there is more. But I guess data. there's not a consumer demand for higher quality then. Well, yeah, because do you know what I mean? Yeah, because unlike unlike HD, HDR, 4K on a TV where there's a visual difference that people can discern, uh, you're talking, you know, you're getting into more of the weeds when it comes to sound because some people can look can listen to, you know, a 192 kilobit per second uh, audio co- uh, file and think that it sounds great. Then you ask somebody else who's more of an audiophile and they'll think it's absolutely horrible. Yeah. So it, it's, it really does vary depending on who you ask. We're talking all about uh, how music has become crappier in quality <laughs> because of technology. Uh, it's, it's an interesting discussion, uh, and I'm, I know we'll be talking about it again. We are going to have to take a break. Uh, we've been traveling through Europe uh, this past uh, week. Uh, coming up after the break, we're going to talk about uh, some of the uh, kind of fun electric vehicle uh, chargers and scooters that we've been uh, testing out over here in Budapest and and even Vienna. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We're joined today by our fellow traveler, Ted Krotsonis. He uh, is one of our feature writers up on our website at getconnectedmedia.com, and you've uh, heard him many times here on the radio show over the uh, years. Thanks again for joining us, Ted. Always a pleasure, boys. Uh, Wanted to talk about uh, the whole uh, EV seen here in uh, Europe. Uh, you know, we talk a lot, a lot about electric vehicles uh, on uh, the program. And it's kind of interesting, John, we've noticed something uh, when it comes to charging over here in Europe. They do have chargers. Uh, there are lots of different types of uh, electric vehicles, but uh, the chargers are, it's almost like you have to bring your own charger. Yeah, it's like a pop-up outlet. Yeah. And it's really interesting to see all of these different uh, vehicles with these long cords coming from whichever way their particular vehicle has the charge port yeah. strung across. Because one of the challenges we have in North America is anytime we go to use a charger that's publicly accessible, there's a good chance that one or the whole thing could be broken because the typically the charge cable is the one that takes the most abuse, usually by people that aren't using it for its intended purpose. They're just Vandalizing. vandalizing it yeah. and so now here they seem to have quite a lot of these little pop-up outlet stands where you can basically just run your own cord right to the thing so you're going to definitely have a much better quality of connection and a working outlet because the outlets don't even open unless you actually uh, authenticate against them so uh, i think it's a really cool solution to a problem that we have at home where Typically, you need a little bit bigger infrastructure. With this, is almost like a parking meter. It's about the size of a parking meter, really. Yeah. It takes up about the same footprint. Obviously, it's thicker. Um, yeah. But it, it's it's super interesting. And one thing that I thought was cool, like I have a Tesla, and it has its own proprietary connector, which is kind of a pain. Yeah. I always have to put an adapter on if I'm using it at a public place. Uh, over here in Europe, Teslas are using the CCS standard. Right. Or CS. Is it CCS or CSS? CCS. Yeah. Which is kind of the big industry standard now. Yeah. Which I wish they'd used over in North America, but they were ahead of their time right. at that point. Do, does Tesla still have the same little charging farms like they do at home? Yeah, they do. So anyone could, in theory, use that if they had a Tesla account. Yeah, I'd Here. have to look into that more. Yeah. You have to have a Tesla account currently in, in North America to yeah. use it. I know Elon Musk is talking about opening that up to others. Which you don't like? No, because then my superchargers will be all clogged with 
other people. Right. Me being one of them. Yes. Because already the superchargers over, you know, in Vancouver, uh, some of them get really busy. There's lineups, even though there's like 20 of them. Yeah. Like in Richmond, for example, there's like 20 chargers. And at certain times of night, there was a lineup to use them. Yeah. Which, like, which is kind of interesting. Which makes sense. But I, I do I do like the bring your own cord. And the cords are not as thick as here compared to the one I use at home. Interesting. They, yeah. they seem to be about the same as the one I use, oh, yeah? what I've seen. Okay. But it's funny. I saw some pretty interesting ways people were tying their cord around like their windshield wiper and they put a lock on it and all this crazy stuff. Yeah, it is. It's weird. We were also trying out the scooters again. Whenever we come over to Europe, love using the e-scooters. Yeah. They have a really, uh, they have a bunch of really, uh, I guess, beefier ones here than the previous ones, like the Lime and the Birds that we've seen in, in France and other countries. Um, a new one for me is Tier, and it's a very big, beefy platform that for you to ride on, has a ginormous battery on it. And a feature that I really like, and I've, I've used it a few times now, is it's got a little wireless charging pad with a little locking mechanism, so you can actually put your phone there put it onto your navigation app to find your destination and it's charging while you're going, which is fantastic. I love the clip for that because uh, that's how I broke my iPhone 10 yes. plus uh, in uh, Belgium last last time we were here, a couple of years ago. Yeah. I was going down, you know, the cobblestone streets there, right? So yes. I'm, I'm trying to navigate with one hand on, you know, the scooter handle, which you should never do. You got to have both hands on yes. there. And especially on the cobblestone. And I have like that, you know, I had the giant iPhone 10. Yeah. And hit a bump. Boom, that thing flew out of my hand. And I don't know how I did it. I broke the glass on both sides. Ooh. Yeah. That's not easy to do. No. no. Well, it's just understandable though here because in Europe, there's a lot of cobblestone. Yeah. And we were riding around the other day and, oh my God, my arms are so sore after that long stretch of road that was all cobblestone. Yeah. But... They've come a long way, these e-scooters over here, because I, I've been reading articles about this. These things get the hell beat out of them. I've seen a few, uh, let's just say, really mistreated scooters. Yeah. Uh, just just last night, I saw one that was literally broken in half. Like, how does that happen? Like, <laughs> You're not a scooter guy, though, Ted. Not a big scooter guy. No, you're carrying, but, too, but much, I appreciate you're carrying too much stuff around. It's because of the gear. That's yeah. why. Yeah, I have, all, I have all my camera gear, and you know, I'm usually usually, you know running with multiple phones. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't... And and because the, where we're staying here, I mean, the streets are really narrow. Um, the drivers are generally okay, but, you know, one crazy right turn or left turn and... I, I almost yeah. got smoked this morning by a truck. There oh, really? There yeah, I was yeah. just going down the road and this truck just came right around the corner didn't even stop. And I just was fortunately far enough on the other side of the street. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, it's interesting what they've done in Budapest is the scooters... Um, you can only park them and like lock them and unlock them to, for use in certain zones. So you can't just, just, you know, abandon it outside your Airbnb or wherever. It has to be in one of the main streets, which is something we haven't seen before, where these lockout zones where it won't even let you turn off the the, the digital meter, if you will, yeah. uh, unless you're in this zone. And I had a problem on my first day when I was in that safe zone, but I wasn't quite close enough to the street and the GPS knew that I wasn't. And so basically it's trying to force us to put them all kind of like at, you know, where you'd put a bike rack on a sidewalk, kind of at the edge of the curb there. And I thought that was kind of neat that it's actually that aware and it's really well laid out on their mapping systems as to where you can park and where you can't. Yeah. 
you know, we, we haven't seen these roll out as quickly in North America. I think we're a little more stringent when it comes to traffic yeah. rules. They're a little, let's call it looser over <laughs> here in, in Europe. But I, I know they are cracking down. And, and I can see why. These things, they can be dangerous for other pedestrians. I'm sure, I'm sure drivers don't like them. Oh, no. Yeah. No, because you're, you've got people that I, th- I would say for the most case aren't probably expert scooter drivers. And just kind of weaving in and out of traffic. Yeah. Or, you know, not obeying the traffic laws. But also, the, what I like about this sort of new way of when you are ready to you know, finish your ride, you have to put it in a certain spot. And because what we saw in France is they were just abandoned everywhere in little piles. Yeah. Right. And it was just like, that's tripping hazards for, for people. Sometimes they're right on the edge of the curb and they fall into the street. And that's a, a driving hazard then for somebody, which is probably why we see some of these scooters that are broken in half. Yeah. <laughs> Had a run in with a Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> Skoda. A Skoda. Okay. We're going to have to take another break. When we come back, Ted, I'm going to lean on you because you are an avid photographer and you've probably taken about 8,000 pictures so far on this trip. I bet it's even more. Probably. Uh, just to get some photo tips. Sure. Using your smartphone camera when you're traveling. You're listening to Get Connected. We'll be back right after this with some uh, travel photo tips for those future days when we'll actually be doing some more traveling. Back after this. You're back with the program. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We've got our uh, special guest host here today. His name's Ted Krotsonis. He is our our, uh, Get Connected contributor out of Toronto, but he's traveling with us uh, over here in Europe, currently in uh, Budapest, Hungary. Beautiful, beautiful city. So Ted, uh, you are probably one of the most avid photographers I know, not only shooting with uh, regular cameras, uh, but also with smartphone cameras. Absolutely. I think at any one time, you've probably got three phones on you. Very likely. And you're not a drug dealer? Nope. Nope. You're just a photographer testing the cameras out. That's right. And you know, I think it's important that uh, people check out uh, some of your reviews up on our website. And uh, one of the latest ones would be the Google Pixel 6. 6 Pro, actually, yeah. Uh, So I got to try that phone out. uh, And, of course, we know Pixel phones are, you know, the camera is always going to be front and center. And given that they overhauled the camera system, it was a... And this is is like an ideal city to test out a camera like that, right? Like, it's so picturesque and gritty at the same time. So uh, it's it's been a great ride. If you want to uh, get Ted's full review on the latest Google phone and the camera, it, it, and it's done some pretty amazing things, you'll need to check it out on the app show uh, tomorrow. That's uh, Sundays across the Chorus Radio Network and Saturday nights in Toronto. So I want to get some tips from you, Ted. Okay. I love taking pictures with my smartphone. I've been advising you while we've been here. (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully my pictures are are getting better. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what are some basic tips you can give people that want to get some good photos with their smartphone? And these cameras now and these things are amazing. They are. And it's a very good question. And actually, I've noticed because we've been hitting some of the tourist spots here, I've been noticing some, well, I guess, mistakes that people are making. Yeah. One of the big ones that I, I see all the time and I never understand is people using the flash. Like, I know it's there on the phone, but don't use it as a flash. Use it as a flashlight instead, and, and, and I'll explain. So if you have a night shot, you're trying to get a night shot, you're trying to be in, you know, in the photo, and you've got a nice backdrop behind you, 
most people, I, I don't know about most people, I just see people using a flash thinking, okay, well, this is one way for me to illuminate the person. But then you're also washing out the background because yeah. you're creating a shadow. You're casting a harsh shadow on the person. My advice is if you have a couple friends with you, have them both turn on the flashlights on their phones and then from left and right, then shine them on to the person that's in the photo, that's, that's posing for the photo. And then the person taking the shot, okay, don't use flash at all. Yeah, just, just, just shoot regularly and that's it. If your phone, not, if your phone is a night mode that really, really works, try that first. And most newer phones have that, don't they, Ted? They do, yeah. yeah. The, but, but the flagships generally do. Yeah. Mid-range phones, some do, some don't. Uh, but if, you, if your phone has a night mode, sometimes it kicks in automatically. Like with the iPhone, you don't have a choice. It just kicks in yeah. when it notices the scene's dark. But, I mean, you can just test that out, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and the, the beauty of those modes is that they're supposed to recognize that you're there and also that there's a background behind you that you want to be illuminated as well. So it's taking multiple images at the same time in seconds and then stacking them together to give you the best possible shot. When you don't have that as an option, I, I, that's where I recommend you, you know, use some, be a little bit uh, improvisational. Like use some, imp uh, just improvise by having a couple friends shine that, those lights from either side. And uh, you'll be surprised. Would you use the flash as a fill flash in sunlight, though? Yeah, I find on phones the results very like they're 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 just not consistent yeah. when using the fill flash. Um, so even when you're, it's a very good question because sunsets obviously are very popular too. Uh, in that case, you still could do the same flashlight trick that I'm talking about, where you have friends just kind of shining a light, even if it's even if it's from one direction. That's okay as long as you're getting some light hitting the subject from away from the frame, you will get a better shot. That way you're going to get some of the background still. Oh, you're going to get all the background yeah. still because you're not, you're not flashing it in any way, right? I mean, a, 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 the flash on a phone can really only travel about 15 feet. That far. Well, that's, like, that's where it dies out. Yeah. But really, it's, it's, it's strongest in the first like six to eight feet. Yeah. And that creates a really harsh shadow behind the person. Or just see if your phone has a night mode because it makes all the difference. Like Definitely. We went to some, I think it was called the Labyrinth, uh, up in the Castle District here in Budapest. Uh, it's these underground caverns uh, that have formed over you know thousands, hundreds of thousands of years that the locals over the past uh, millennia have actually you know dug out a little bit more. They used to store wine down there, hide from uh, you know people in the war. And we're down there, and it was dark. And I was taking a few pictures, no flash, nothing. I couldn't even see John. But when I took the picture and I looked at it afterwards, I could see him. There was a, somehow enough light in there to, to illuminate him. And actually, those conditions like that, really dark conditions like that, are some of the worst to use the flash. Yes. If you use the yeah. flash in a photo down there, it would look horrible. Yeah, you'd look crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the Blair Witch totally. project. Yeah, awful. Yeah. So, okay, what about daylight? What are, what are some things? So daylight, um, one thing I always recommend with daylight is play around with the exposure. The exposure slider typically on a phone uh, phone camera interface is that sun icon, an yeah. icon that looks like the sun, and it usually is a slider that goes up and down. Play around with that a little bit because sometimes what happens is in order to illuminate a foreground subject, the sky gets washed out yeah. in the background. So don't be afraid to go a little bit darker, 
right? So you get a little more detail in the sky, and at the same time, you're still keeping the foreground subject in there. If it's a little darker, that's fine. You can always edit that later. The key is to get some of that detail, especially in the sky. Because if it's washed out, you'll never get that detail. Exactly. Yeah. Now, HDR in phone cameras is supposed to rectify that, right? It's supposed to, again, take multiple shots at the same time, stack them together, and give you the best possible composition. That's fine. And sometimes, a lot of times that will work. Sometimes it doesn't, especially if the highlights and shadows are very, very distinct. So sunset shots can sometimes be like that, right? You want the foreground to be there and visible, but at the same time, you want the sky to be dramatic as well. Um, HDR can help. It can do the job, but sometimes, but if you find it doesn't, play around a little bit with the exposure. So basically people should experiment a little more with the Abs manual settings. Absolutely. Because you've got I, nothing to lose. I've always said, I've always said, get to know the interface and the options and modes that your phone's camera offers. Been talking with Ted Kritzonis, uh, some uh, camera tips while you're uh, out and about and, and traveling, and hopefully we'll be able to do that more on a consistent basis going forward. Well, when we come back from the break, a little more tech to talk. Uh, we're going to talk briefly about some of our experience going through the whole airport system with COVID and vaccination cards. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. We've got our special guest, guest Ted Kritzonis. Uh, we've been traveling over in Europe and uh, about to go back home here shortly. And it's been a bit of a, a juggling game trying to get all the right paperwork. Red, red tape. Red tape, yes. COVID tests. Yeah. Uh, so you have to get a... COVID test to come back into Canada, still a PCR one. Of course, those are the most expensive <laughs> ones compared to the rapid antigen one. But we've had some challenges over here and some of the traveling companions we've had had challenges. Well, it was interesting because in when we were in uh, Austria, uh, the tests are free and you do it through your hotel, but you get the results sometimes in German. <laughs> yeah, so that freaked out some of uh, the journalists we were traveling with because they got the results back and they could not understand them at all. Yeah. And it looked like they had COVID. Yeah. <laughs> they thought they had COVID. <laughs> so we had a restaurant server translate for us and yeah. she says, you're good. Yeah. But uh, over here in, in Budapest, we had to pay, I think about $70. Out of pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Out of pocket. And so then when you're trying to go back, uh, you know, the airline, depending which one wants to see those travel documents ahead of time. Sometimes. Well, there's, well, first there's the arrive can app. Yeah. Right. So you have to set everything up for your arrival back home, even with that. Interestingly, though, they don't have you upload the results that yeah. you got from the PCR test, just yeah. the vaccination. Yeah. You still need to show them that you got the, P the negative PCR yeah. test. And that can be on a paper or just on your phone. Yeah, to take a screenshot. Yeah. So a bit, bit of uh, hoopery that we had to go through. Well, and every air the airline always has a bunch of different emails telling you all kinds of vague stuff. So we had to interpret all that little tricky. We're going to have to go. Don't forget to listen to our app show on Sundays here on the, the Chorus Radio Network. I want to thank uh, John and Ted for joining me. Thanks for having me. See you again next time. <laughs>